Tonight on the show, we tackle 70s fashion, Royal Dano, and zombie buffets at Ralph's Grocery Store with Messiah of Evil. My guest is Kyle Brady. This is Manic Movie Monday. command before you here i stand my heart is in my hand Ugh. it's here that i must be my heart entreats just hear those savage beats and go put on your cleats and come and trample me your heart is hard as stone or mahogany that's why i'm in such exquisite agony my soul is on fire, it's aflame with desire, which is why I perspire when we tango. All right, tonight I am joined by none other than Kyle Brady, who I think I may have known the longest of all my friends right now, which is really crazy. Um, and he has brought an amazing 70s movie. I have a major heart on for 70s grain, and this is totally totally up my alley with messiah of evil and um yeah dude okay so welcome to the show hey thanks for letting me be on it's awesome and where did you find this gem messiah of evil you know i only recently watched it like two three years ago and it's it's been one that's always been on my radar and it's always been one of those movies that's been like on a shitty dvd or like an even worse rip online it's just, it's just never had a good version available and it uh, finally came, it came out in a format it came out on blu-ray and the blu-ray wow. is garbage too to be honest the blu-ray okay. is terrible um okay. but you know it kind of like adds to the vibe of the whole film because like i said 70s grain i don't want to watch that in like 4k <laughs> <laughs> right i, I don't watch. want to see behind the curtain i want yes exactly <laughs> but i'm i'm so glad you liked it and i'm so glad that we could like talk about it because messiah of evil is just one of those movies like i'm just always going to ring the bell for it's so good and oh, i feel now we're starting to hear more about it it's like being appreciated more now but i just i would never hear i'd hear like a little blurb about it here and there and i'm like oh it's like evocative title for a movie like but you always think like you think messiah of evil and i'm like oh that sounds like an omen ripoff yes like, i totally exactly yeah. that's that's because i kind of went into it and i was like oh it's like is it like a 70s satan type thing like mm -hmm. is it like daughters yeah. of satan which is another huge favorite of mine yeah, and uh like i love that tom Selleck. Um, and, but then I started watching it and was like, Ooh, like, this is like a fever dream. I love this. And it's, that's why I love the movie. So dreamlike it's yeah. You're in her head, the entire movie. It's so good. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I love it. And the visual aesthetic of it is so fantastic. It reminds me it's, there's a, there's a lot of Suspiria in it mm -hmm. in the sense that the colors and it's like a it's like technicolor nightmare basically um oh, it's like it's one of the things i noted like her dad and really quick i guess i'll just like really quick say a little blurb what the movie's about um this woman she's played by mariana hall she travels to the fictional town called point doom which great name for a little seaside town 
but she's estranged from her dad and she starts getting these weird communications from him saying like, don't look for me, don't try to find me, this great evil's coming back, just like, forget about me. So of course she does the smart thing and goes to find him. Why wouldn't you? Um, but she goes to find him and it's this, it's one of my favorite subgenres of film, but she goes to a small coastal town with a secret. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Like what a good, what a good like setting for a movie. Um, so good. Love, love the whole vibe. Um, but it, it parts of it, like they, it plays like a noir film at points with the narration. It, it's very like love, like I hate when people say something's Lovecraftian. <laughs> I hate it because what they're saying is, oh, there was a tentacle monster. Yes, yes. Someone so like said there's a tentacle like, oh, monster. Oh, I love Slither. Slither's Lovecraftian. No, it's not. No, Slither's it's not. A, no, it's, Slither's it's a trauma the opposite movie. of Lovecraftian, actually. <laughs> um, but, you know, you're in this woman's head, and, the, you know, it's an empty town. The people that are in the town are weird from the very start. They're, like, just, like, hostile towards her, hostile about them bringing up her dad. Um just, you know, I love the shots of people walking around and the town's deserted except for one person walking the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and all the men in the, all, all the men in the town are dressed like they're accused of killing Lee Harvey Oswald. Like they're all, oh my God. They're all like it. full suits. But um, no, I, to go back to the point I was making before I sidetracked myself, um, you're talking like this like Suspiria, like Jalo influence. Her dad lives in like a Jalo set. Ah. He lives in the awesome like artist apartment and he's painted yeah. like men and women and like grayscale absolutely and there's, like, harsh lighting there's the bed that's like on chains that floats from the ceiling which is nuts i want that bed it's super cool and like i said like i probably look too deep into things but i'm like what a cool visual of someone sleeping and when you're looking at them it looks like they're floating in the air yeah floating in water so when someone goes to sleep it's like okay are we still in the dream world right now? Because they're kind of like up in the air, literally when they go to sleep, when they wake up, no matter where they are in this bed, it's kind of like hazy. They're, they're in the in-between. And I yeah. love that movie. Yeah. I'm never it's, sure like, like, okay, that's, is this really happening? And everything's really happening, but it's it such there's a, good a overwhelming uh, feeling of paranoia. You know, there's this feeling of like, I'm in this town all of these people are in on it in some way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm probably going to die here. <laughs> like, oh, <yeah>. even, <laughs> it, my father's most likely dead at this point. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to die in this town because it's very, um, it's, you know what it reminds me of a lot of was um, Omega Man. Oh, because, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's the very first 70s grain movie that I ever watched. I was four. Okay. Mm-hmm. My parents were having a party downstairs and we were kind of like relegated to the upstairs bedroom. And, uh, this, this movie was on and I was like, what is this? And it was just horrifying to me. Mm-hmm. Just this idea that everyone's in on it and no one, you know, there are no real good guys necessarily. And everyone's got like spooky white faces and, and sunglasses for whatever reason oh, um yeah it was just it was just super creepy but it definitely planted that seed of like i i love that 70s visual aesthetic and oh god the 70s 
California aesthetic, especially oh, yeah. I love. It's like Malibu is basically its own character in this film. Mm-hmm. And I love these movies where it's like the setting's kind of a bad guy. Mm. Um, and there's a writer, Kim, Kim Newman, who kind of said there's this period of horror movies between 68 and 78 called The American Nightmare. Oh. And it, start, it starts with Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. And it kind of ends with um, Dawn of the Dead in 78. Okay. And it's these movies where it's like the American, like American society is almost kind of like the bad guy. Or it's like these small American towns and you look at the movies that kind of follow, follow in there. There's Let's Scare Jessica to Death. There's Rosemary's Baby. Mm. Um, there's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which it kind of reminds me of this a little bit. Just in the fact that this movie, like Texas Chainsaw, one of the things you think of is like, man, like America is a big place. Mm-hmm. And there's so yeah. many places to get lost and you'll just never be found again. Like whole towns, like whole towns where it's like you stumble upon it and you're like, how is this here? How is this whole town here? And it's been taken over. You know, how is this whole society here? And just everyone's kind of like, like brushed by it, you know, like American society kept progressing, but this one place got stuck in time and was captured by a cult or captured by a tribe of cannibals or right okay so that's that's a huge question here because the internet and i are at odds on this is that is this a cult of cannibals a cult of vampires or a cult of zombies i will say it's a cult of whatevers it's like when people ever ask what like gonzo the muppet is he's a whatever yeah Um, i will say it's a cult of whatevers it's a cult of like vampiric cannibalistic zombies nice they're just like kind of whatever they need to be but like man i love i love them too mm-hmm. they're so creepy mm. and they're so creepy in like a subtle way because it's not like they have like big vampire fangs they're not all like, and they, they have the blood coming out of the eyes sometimes but they're not like all bloody gory they're not like painted blue it's like they're just like weird people yeah. It's if you if you yourself were driving and got stuck in this weird coastal town, like some of the people in this movie that are like you're like, oh, that's just like a weird guy you would see in a gas station. I'm thinking like the albino, the, the uh, albino the dude character. with the afro. Yeah. I'd be like, so nope, eating the rat. <laughs> um from the opening where she um where uh the main actress, what's her name? Arletti, where Arletti goes to the gas station. And the gas station guy is like, get the fuck out of here. Right. He's like, why do you want to go to Point Doom? Like, why do you want to go there? But man, like, so so sinister. I love that guy. Him in the car with the mouse. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. He's like, hey, I got another one if you want it. It's like, I love love the weird, like, I better be super polite so I don't get killed. She's like, no, thanks. Uh You let me off here. Enjoy your mouse. Yeah. gonna go and then she like gets off the and she's and then she ends up at ralph's which was really funny because when as soon as she got in that parking lot i went is that ralph's like because of the very brief time i got to live in la ralph's is basically their Publix, Mm -hmm. you know for for our florida listeners um ralph's is like a sort of upscale grocery store and the fact that she wanders into a ralph's and they're basically having like a cannibal blood orgy feeding frenzy in the meat aisle so good that scene's so good i i love these movies where it's like 
the safe places just yes. get flipped and become like you know if you're watching like a, a Dracula movie like this is like the tomb of Dracula in Messiah of Evil it's a Ralph's it's a Ralph's That's the site. yeah Ralph's a movie theater the movie theater scene oh where, where Tony dies yeah might be one of my all-time favorite scenes in like any horror movie it's a fantastic scene because you are disoriented as you're watching it because she's watching this other movie and there's all of these noises going on. There's all of these like Western violence and- Oh, it's and, a, a Sam Davis Jr. movie, Kiss Tomorrow yeah. Goodbye. There's like gunfighting and singing and, and whatever. And then all of a sudden, like you realize that she is going to be the next victim. And it's like, yeah, and holy it, shit. That movie title, like Kiss Tomorrow Goodbye. Being goodbye. The title, such a great, like- such a great like black humor joke. Um, it's fantastic. The, the escalating terror in that situation of just her watching the movie and people was like filing in and they let it play for so long too. Mm-hmm. Like it oh, just, it, 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 it really builds. Going. Yeah, yeah. She's she's like my least favorite character as far as like of the character. Yeah, Tony, I, Tony, or as I call her the short haired junkie. Yeah. <laughs> Tony's um, my least favorite. I, it's Tom, Laura, and, and there's not like a ton of characters to pick in this movie. Right. But Tom, Laura, and Tony are my favorite and least favorite characters in this movie. Oh, so like, that's interesting. Like Tom's great. Tom's like uh, such a piece of shit. But Tom's I love a him. Tom, Tom is a suit wearing, poetry spouting pimp. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like my dad's royalty basically. I live in a fucking castle in Portugal. Right. And like everyone's kind of like rolling their eyes at him. You I collect women. Yeah. <laughs> you know he's used this line like a billion times. He's so gross. He's like, by the way, I live in a castle. Like, all right, good for you, man. You look, you look like a porn salesman. Like really trying to trying to get in there. I I have to say though, he reminds me of this combination of like a Peter Fonda and a Jake Weber. Like as mm-hmm. in like Jake yeah. Weber from Dawn of the Dead. Like he's got that like very slick very almost British, but not really kind of way of talking. And, and, you know, and he wears that, he wears that suit well, you know, yeah, but. Yeah, um, yeah. Actor's name's Michael Greer. Um, I hadn't seen him in a ton of stuff, but apparently he was one of the first like openly gay actors in like major Hollywood movies. Fantastic. Um, good for that dude. Like Very cool. Yeah. yeah. That time, probably not very easy at that time to be that. You know, no, I mean, not to get work. I would imagine. I looked up like his his history, his last few career moves. He was in like a voiceover actor for cartoons. He was in Darkwing Duck. No. Mesa as cracking up. Like good for him. That is so cool. Um, Elijah Cook Jr. is Charlie, the crazy homeless guy. Oh, crazy homeless guy. Uh, my um, my mother my mother bore me between her legs. <laughs> yeah, love that dude. Um, Red Moon. <laughs> I don't know if you remember the actor. He's in uh, the original House on Haunted Hill is he okay all right yeah. i was wondering he's i knew i recognized him yeah, yeah he has that sort of like i'm a i'm a far more articulate buck flower kind of character you know Love what i mean dude. Right. um wish he was in a little bit more because they just kind of go like oh they found him dead like, oh, okay. yeah there's nothing about it they're just like oh they found him you know they they found him dead the next day or whatever and it's just like well uh, all right bye charlie um but royal dano who does the narration as her dad Okay, so let me talk about how much I love Royal Dano because Royal Dano is Gramps in House Two, the second story, which is a fucking okay. great movie. I don't care, fight me, okay? Um, 
And he is also, he is Abraham Lincoln's voice in the Hall of Presidents in Walt Disney. (laughs) Disney World and Disneyland. Um, Yeah. So, so, you know, the, the, all, all of the stuff that I enjoyed as a kid, but yeah, apparently he's been in like, I mean, he was in Ghoulies too. He, 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 he's been in something like hundreds of movies. That's awesome. And did you so, yeah, happen, to look, up, did you happen yeah. to look up the writer director team on this movie? Um, I know that, the, yes, exactly. That they are the same people who brought us Howard the Duck and spoiler mm-hmm. alert, this movie way better than Howard the Duck. Okay. <laughs> you know what? No duck tits in this movie. <laughs> Oh god. Only strike against it. No duck tips. Why? Um, why? Why? But why, they, why, why? they also wrote Temple of Doom. They wrote American Graffiti. Yes, yes, that like, they were the producers on that. Yeah. I mean, these are what a, what a weird career path. I know. And husband and wife. Awesome. Yeah. But you know, it makes sense when I think about all those people, and not that they're connected, but that are part of that, like that kind of like Roger Corman group of like yes. They start in like low budget schlock and then move on to like you know, to excel in Hollywood. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you had, because we don't usually like to do like love it or hate it necessarily, because mm-hmm. I think with this movie, there's like things that we would maybe do differently or change mm-hmm. as of course. Like one of the things with the podcast that was very important to me was that I have people on here who actually like the movie that they chose. So yeah. I, I like, there's a ton of podcasts that that's their job is to just shit on B movies or, or cult films or whatever. And with this, it was like, I want to celebrate this stuff because I, that's, that's, that's how I grew up. Um, And so if you were to make any changes to the movie or do something a little bit differently, what would you do? I might change the framing device a little bit. It's my only, maybe my only critique is the framing device. Um, because you know it starts off and you, okay it's like all right i know she's in the insane asylum in the start yes because it, it shows you and then it shows you at the end she's in the insane asylum my only critique and it's not just with this movie it's really any movie that does this framing device is it takes some of like the tension out of the film mm. it's like okay like i know our letty lives mm, you're right like because it's like so it kind of takes that tension out Maybe if like it, maybe if the narration was still there, but it didn't show you in the beginning she was in the asylum, because then I could just kind of assume like, oh, maybe someone found her diary and she's reading her diary like someone's reading her father's diary or, you know, she's reading her father's. So I might change that, but really it's my only, it's my only criticism with the movie besides, I wrote his name down. Uh, I think it was like, Gillian Bishop does the score for this movie. Mm. and the sound design's incredible the score i could do without yes yes i agree like there's like farty synthesizer like like yeah i could do without that um the guy only did like two other movies i think it was like tarantula one of those like big spider attack movies and then i think the severed arm ah okay i think those were the movies he did but sound design in this movie is incredible i almost wish it didn't have a score and just had sound design if it was just the sound of the water and the wind and kind of like ambient noise Mm -hmm. but i understand you know i understand they wanted a score it's fine 
Yeah, I think very few films in the 70s kind of got away with not having a score. And I think the only the only one I could kind of think of like right off the top of my head was is Texas Chainsaw because Texas Chainsaw is honestly, with the exception of a few like discordant, <laughs> it's yeah. for the most part, you know, um, sounds of the camera and animals being slaughtered and, you know, noises and things like that as opposed to you know an actual score in the background which of course makes it seem like you're watching a snuff movie basically um yeah not that there's anything wrong with that because i love i love texas chainsaw massacre it's a wonderful movie um but yeah so getting back to getting getting back to this i mean there's there's something very even though it is a very it's a 70s movie there's kind of like a sort of 60s commune hippie sort of vibe about it too you know um obviously when she first goes to that hotel i literally thought she just stumbled upon the weirdest swingers party she could find oh just like yeah like random key party at the hotel she just opens the door and it's just a dude on a bed and one woman and then one woman in the bathroom and then an old guy narrating and you're like wait what just happened like i love it It, and again it kind of fits into that like i said that kind of like an american nightmare type of genre of you know, the counterculture travels out into the real America and just gets pulled into the thresher of violence, you know? Yeah, yeah, Like, totally. here come these kids into this nice town of nice people. I mean, of course, all the nice people are, you know, cannibalistic cultists, but, yep. you know, these nice kids get pulled into this town and they get eaten alive, literally. And um, did you catch when, who is it? I think it's, oh, Laura's talking to Tony and she's like, yeah, she's like, I'm going to go see my buddy, Mickey, who's a drummer in San Francisco. I, I, was I like, immediately thought of the monkeys. <laughs> I was like, Mickey Dolan's, right? I'm like, it's a, it's like, is it Mickey Dolan's? Is it Mickey Dolan's? Oh my God. Immediately who I thought it was. I'm like, man, that'd be a great crossover. It would be fantastic. Especially with like the fact that they did Head and Head is such a bananas movie compared to like what the monkeys were famous for as in being these like mm-hmm. clean cut actor yeah. people you know head is like a fucking acid trip swingers yeah, party basically. like why not pull on peter fonda and jack nicholson and dennis hopper having show from the there's some <laughs> crazy ass shit going on so um so now does your does your wife watch these are are you guys do you guys watch this one together she she didn't watch this one with me she does watch a lot of movies with me um this one i don't think like 70s artsy horror stuff really piques her interest but she does watch a lot of stuff yeah it's you know it's an acquired taste like there are friends of mine that i know never to recommend jallo to because they're they'll just tune out like they'll be like but yeah, Suspiria is kind of boring. And I'm like, <gasps> you know. <laughs> I have the same reaction. It's like, how do you find like deep red boring, deep red like, riveting? What, what are you talking about? Like, I I love Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Like, I, I love, but, I do. I, I love Giallo movies. I the the visual aesthetic of it is fantastic. It's it's mm-hmm. like we we recently watched um opera or terror mm-hmm. at the opera uh on Blu-ray uh for argento and that was just phenomenal you know so um yeah we've uh we've been kind of dipping our toe in the in the giallo pool lately but yeah this one was this was just such an amazing like dreamy interesting engaging 
type horror film. And I really, mm-hmm. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And I love the fashion in this. I love the fashion and I love the hairstyles. I want to go to the salon and just be like, can you make, can you just do the Arletti? Can you give me the Arletti? Like, right. yeah. Cause I too want to rock that hairstyle. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it, there's also a Cronenbergian feel to it as well, you know, cause there's a very like, Ooh, you know, like I'm, I'm surround, I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by, uh-huh. you know, groups and this like group of crazies, you know. I like um, that like once, once everything starts, it really doesn't let up. No. Like, like it's, I think from the moment that Laura leaves until the end of the movie, it's pretty much like, you know, all gas, you know? Right. Exactly. It's, it's eating rats and crazy, crazy blood orgies at Ralph's. It's blood moon it's, and the Donner party somehow. In the Donner party. Oh, and that like really weird when she comes home. First of all, mm-hmm. okay. The fact that she lets this, this swinger trio stay at her house or her, her father's house. She's like, she's like, yeah, yeah just, just sure. Stay. No, That's fine. No fight. That's, I think I, I, I messaged you about it, but it's what, in that scene too, is one of my favorite audio visual misdirects where she, you know, you hear the wind going the whole time in the background from the start of the movie, like the wind and the water, but she wakes up and the windows open and you hear the wind. And then Laura walks out with a hairdryer. Hairdryer. And I'm like, such a good misdirect. That's I love it. So, so smart. It's really oh. amazing how they, it's like this, this great combination of visual aesthetic and, and horror and almost Gothic horror in a lot of ways mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Um, this just sort of kind of comes together. And I think, um, I can't imagine anyone else playing Tom. Seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he nails that part so well um you know and spoiler alert i'd help him with a zipper okay and yeah. probably wouldn't say good night just saying probably one of my favorite my favorite line from the movie honestly is you can't unzip a man and then say good night and uh that's pretty good i have i have my favorite line written down as well uh also tom likes to collect things that's yes. another one and, then, yeah. and nightmares are dreams perverted i love that I love the conversation. It's between him and Tony. And he says, why don't you go to a film? And she says, a what? And he goes, a movie. And she goes, oh, a show. A show, right? I was like, is that a 70s thing? Like, like, where are you from? what they called them back then? <laughs> but it's the, like the, the why don't you go to a film, a what, a movie? I'm like, man, what a film bro conversation. Like, I'm watching a film right now. It's a like, you film. are watching like no you were watching hatchet three you were not watching a film you're not watching watching a film (laughs) oh my god that is i crack up at that line it's so funny because i'm like i relate to that i call Uh, everything like yeah i'm I'm, I'm viewing cinema right now it's like you are viewing uh bruno matai film (laughs) oh yeah yeah oh absolutely it's like no we're watching yeah we're watching we're we're watching cruel jaws (laughs) but it's a film yeah like, no, it's not. Um, yeah, I I think that I, I wish that there was like an entire collection of just these types of movies, you know, like mm-hmm. just that kind of like because I could I could seriously put this on and just go to bed and like oh, yeah. listen to it in the background because it's, it's 
just, just so dreaming. So dreaming. And I watched it today when I was at work and then I followed it up with Rabid because, um, spoiler alert, Rabid's on YouTube, guys. Uh, <laughs> and I watched that just because I had that very, that like seven, that 70s grain, that that 70s grain paranoia kind of thing. And I was like, this is fantastic. So it was, uh, it was cool just to have those, just to have those back to back today. But so, yeah, man, I mean, is there any recommendations you have as far as movies like this that you enjoy that you would like to recommend to the audience? I would also, I mentioned it earlier. Um, I would definitely also recommend Let's Scare Jessica to Death. Okay, cool. What can you tell us about that? Without um, spoiling. Um, not without spoiling, like very kind of like, it's just another like woman in a place she shouldn't be movie. Nice. Or woman, like woman, like taken to a place where everything's off, mm. and it has one of those. It has such a good title. It has like a seventies again, like a Jalo title. Like let's hear just it's like such a good title. It's also filmed in a very dreamlike way. Um, really mellow film. It's more about like setting a creepy mood than trying to like shock you. Um, nice. But like also without spoiling, similar third act. Mm, okay everything everything kind of goes to shit right and then it doesn't let up after that that's awesome yeah well i'll have to check i'll totally check that out that's actually sounds pretty cool oh man well thank you for joining us tonight this is super awesome and yeah man when this when this when this uh pops up we'll uh i'll give you a call so (laughs) i'll let you know know, uh, thanks so much for joining us you have a great night You too. Thanks.